When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for The Spurs Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They've just launched in the UK. We've all gone years without using the right tools for the job. You could be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. They have completely redesigned the electric trimmer and perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to shave those balls. Summer 2020 is almost behind us now, and I'm sure we can all agree it's been the strangest one ever. The nights will start drawing in and the weather will get colder. So what better way to spend those cosy nights in the house than with some delicious craft beers? Beer 52 are offering eight craft beers sourced and created from the best breweries on the planet for free. Yeah, for free. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash spurs and cover just $5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club and we love working with them and we love their beers. They have over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Each month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over the USA and Europe. As an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry, though. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com slash spurs to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's beer52.com slash spurs. And welcome to, well, the kind of the first Spurs show after a new season has started. We're all feeling pretty suicidal. Uh, one of the poorest starts to a season, uh, certainly in, 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 certainly since we've been doing this show. We've been doing the show 12, 13 years. Uh, anyway, joining us tonight, and we'll try and hopefully by the end of the show, we'll all feel a little bit better and think we can actually go to Bulgaria and win a game of football. Joining me tonight, uh, returning uh, a woman who's got a wonderful book out at the moment called The Fleet Street Girls, and you'll know her uh, her Spurs connection from writing the official biography of Spurs, the wonderful film, uh, Glory, Glory Nights. Uh, Julie Welsh returns. How are you, Julie? I'm kind of just coming round from the Everton <laughs> game. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'm I'm so happy we didn't record this on the Monday because I don't think I'd be able to. I was I so down. Speak. I yeah, I know. I was so down. At least I can speak about it now. I, is, I just uh, cannot begin to tell you, though, that um, I had this premonition that it was I just saw the result before it started. I knew it was going to be. Tottenham Hotspur nil Everton one. I could just see it in my mind's eye. So um, if you want to have um, any more predictions, I'm obviously the <laughs> yeah. go-to person. Exactly. We'll have a flutter on you, Julie. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. Also joining us tonight, uh, another author, been on the show during the lockdown, the wonderful soul DJ and author of the brilliant book, Setting the Record Straight, Richard Serling returns. How are you, Richard? Hello, Mike. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming invited, on. 
And so when you invited me on about three weeks ago, I thought, yeah, that's going to be after the first game of the season. By the way, has anybody told the players the season started? <laughs> exactly. And I, and I thought it'd be just be so spursy for us to be having this sort of bloody conversation. It was just too yeah. too much to hope for, wasn't it? That you know all the optimism of a fully fit squad, more or less, mm. would. And, and and I've got to say, I I quite enjoyed the documentary on TV, and it looked like they were getting their act together, at least behind the scenes, and it. It just completely defied description. I can't tell you in so many years of watching them just how bad that was, because I've got to tell you, and you can come back to me next, whenever it is, Everton Football Club will not be in the top six. No one near it. Mm. Well, well, we're going to talk about... We're, we'll talk about the game in detail very shortly. Yeah. And our third and final guest, the man who's been on many, many shows, he's always very up, very, very positive... Uh, from Haymarket Publishing. I, I hope he's a bit up and positive after that display, unless he's self-medicating at home. Who knows? Simon Cannon <laughs> returns. How are you, Simon? I'm, I'm very good. I'm very, I'm very good, all things considered. Unlike unlike Mystic Julie, I'm afraid I, I didn't see that result coming. Um, and so, um, yeah, but relentlessly positive. I, in fact, so positive <laughs> that I decided before the show that I would come on and for provocation, I was going to be um, really upbeat, and I was going to talk about all the really, really good things that I'd seen, but I, I really couldn't think of any. So, um, so I don't a, think I'm going to do that. This is the problem. Uh, Pete Hayne, a friend of the show, he, he he tweeted us literally just before we started recording, going, I defy any of you to give me three positives in that game. We'll skirt to that. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Julie, before we start, we have to talk about your wonderful new book quickly, which has just come out on Orion Publishing, Fleet Street Girls. Uh, I've just read it. I, I read it in one sitting. It was that good. And obviously it tells the story about how you started in sports reporting uh, for The Observer. It also discusses not just you, but the careers of other groundbreaking women journalists you interview extensively some wonderful other journalists about the trials and tribulations of their careers you evoke obviously the fleet street of yesteryear obviously things have changed hugely in in uh media it's a wonderful book how, how long does it take you to write out of interest uh, probably with all the interviews and stuff, about two years. Oh wow! Um, but I mean, what I'm one of the things I'm really proud of is that I one of the chapters is is, is titled Spursy. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm for for a book which isn't about Spurs, uh, I've managed to get Spurs in quite a lot and, <laughs> and um, talked about all the, the immense number of ladies lose in in the new stadium, and I've yes. sort of. <laughs> Uh, I've talked about that, and um, I've talked about being sexually assaulted by uh, the Stoke City manager um, early oh. on in my career. Um, so there's quite a—it's quite a spicy book, really. You know, it's, it's an extraordinary book, and 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 you know what I loved about it was not only your story, but the fact you then went out and spoke to people like Louise Court and other people who have had, you know, fantastic careers. Yeah, and, and and almost the depressing thing, I suppose you could say, is you've all kind of got similar stories of what you had to, uh, what you had to go through just to do your work, which is the bottom line. That you know, these are the days in the seventies and eighties when uh, you know sexism in the workplace was prevalent, especially in journalism. I mean, it's it's it. You know, I like to hope that it's not the same anymore. We know with the Me Too movement, well. A lot of interest kind of was, but it it, it really does evoke a kind of a, a time that that a lot of people it, look back fondly. It's, but it's, it's a time that's well. gone. But I have to say, it was an absolutely heavenly life while I lived it. I mean, just to be able to go and report a football match every week and not have to go in to, to go to football every week and not have to pay for a ticket. It's it was absolutely great, and I still feel huge resentment when I have to pay to go and watch Spurs because once I used to be able to go and watch them for free, but you, those days are over. I'm afraid. Yeah. Actually, well, I'd, thank I'd God be quite you've... glad not to have to pay to watch Spurs at the moment. Well, I mean, thank God uh, none of us had to pay uh, for uh, the, the, the game on Sunday. Just very quickly, everyone out there, 
go and get Fleet Street Girls, uh, Ryan Publishing. I, really, it, it's a wonderful read. Whether you, you work in journalism, it doesn't matter. There's some great stories there, great anecdotes. It's funny. It's moving. Um, I, 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 I really recommend you go and get it. Well, look, guys, okay. let, let's... No, an absolute pleasure. It's, it's fantastic. Um, look, let's uh, turn our attention to... To Everton, Richard, you 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 went flying off uh, early there, you, and we want to. It's very cathartic as getting this out. What was extraordinary, Richard? You, you know, I know Julie's mentioned there that she had a, a, a bad feeling about it. Uh, and you touched on it there, Richard. After the kind of end of last season, where uh, for those of you watching All or Nothing, the last three episodes will be reminded. Recently, we went on quite a good run after the Sheffield United defeat and the Bournemouth draw. Uh, went on, we got the Europa League, everyone's hugging each other, it's all good. And you kind of, I mean, on last week's show, we were all very, very positive. Uh, we knew Everton had uh, new players in there, but we all kind of sat there last week going, well, it'll take them a while to bed in. I mean, boy, they bedded in, and we were awful, weren't we, Richard? Too slow, no tempo, nervous, which which is a thing yeah. I really couldn't get my head around. They looked scared to death. None of them wanted the ball. I mean, Harry Kane might as well not have been playing. Uh, very weak in, in 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 all sorts of areas of the pitch in in the tackle. Delhi Ali just couldn't hang on to the ball. Not running for each other, which just absolutely amazed me. I've mentioned that I think Everton are bang average, um, and I think that uh, Mourinho, well, that realizes Marmite. I think you know he's spot on when he. In, what's come across to me in this documentary is the way that. He said things, and I've said, do you know what? I was saying exactly the same bloody thing at the time when that Chelsea first goal went in, when we lost 2-0, mm. yeah. when we had about 44 chances to clear it. <laughs> and they stood there watching that French guy who's about 36, and Lloris made a pathetic attempt to get, and he was beat, he went down like a sack of potatoes. And we just gave him the game. It was, mm. and, and Mourinho is, got as annoyed as I'm, and now I thought, great, that once and for all tells me that it wasn't Pochettino and it isn't Mourinho. It's those bloody players. It's as simple mm. as that. The problem with them is they're thick. There's only Harry Kane who actually said in one of those documentaries, what the hell's going on? Why has this suddenly happened? They just don't seem to have very good football brains. And it sounds incredible to say that, doesn't it? But I've got to tell you, well, you're I right. don't think they're not, they're not. I mean, Mourinho's saying to them, go out there and be bad and start to be, you know, she's very unspurs, by the way. But I've got to say, the way the game's so cynical now, you've got to do that. And he used the he used Wolverhampton Wonders as an, ex, as an example in the 3 2 defeat of the uh, middle of last season, where they stopped us playing by hook or by crook. And we just don't seem to be able to do anything. It was just so disappointing. And I'm, I'll stop in a minute, but I can <laughs> work on the, on the day of a match. I don't know if you, the rest of you are the same as me. I'm almost in denial after the game. I sit there and I look at the social media and it sort of washes over me. But the day after, when it's sunk in, I'm absolutely beside myself with annoyance, grief. And then, of course, we have the other problem with bloody Leicester Bloody Wolves, bloody Chelsea, all won, didn't they? Yeah. And you know no. that United and City will win. Liverpool, although they were shocking, managed to get a win against Leeds. Their defending was appalling in that game. I think even we might have caused them problems. But we're already up against it. And you know Southampton isn't going to be an easy game. Yeah, you're right. Simon, I mean, the, the thing that I found extraordinary, I think, and apart from a kind of 20-minute period in the first half, we were just not at the races. And I know after the game, he said, oh, uh, players were unfit. Players were in an international break. Uh, some of the players have tested positive for COVID, which is fine. But to me, it did stick a bit of, well, he's getting excuses in early because surely all other clubs can say we've had international break, players not fully fit and all that. It was just that second half when we were standing off in the press and they were, there was one bit. I think it was Summers on the touchline. They one of the players turn and beat two players, and we were nowhere near them. And I'm thinking this looked like it felt like the last game of the season when there was nothing to play for, as opposed to the beginning of a brand new season. Well, I mean, all, all, all I think you can ever ask of your team is that they give absolutely everything in a game. And if they give everything and they lose, you go, well, okay, those those guys they couldn't have 
put in a better shift. So if you look at the Liverpool-Leeds game, Leeds fans are sitting there and they're saying, my God, did those guys put in a shift. And yes, we lost that game, but my God, we gave everything and we scared the, the bejesus out of out of Liverpool. We, I, I, I'm as dumbfounded as, as everybody else. I, I'm, I'm, I just don't get how they can go out there, they can stroll around, they can look so nervous, as, as, as Richard said. Uh, it, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm, it just beggared belief. I'm, I'm now looking at West Ham, Fulham, West Brom and thinking, are those the three teams <laughs> below us in the, in the Premier League this season? Because, frankly, uh, if we carry on playing like that, south is the place we're heading, not north. Yeah, yeah. Julie, I mean, you know, I mean, bizarrely, because the season started <clears throat> late, we have this transfer window open till I think it's October the 6th. Surely now, even after one game of football, and I know some people out there were going, oh, it's only one game, you can't look at, but there were so many things wrong with that performance. Surely uh, Levy's got to go out now with his checkbook and start yeah. getting players in, in immediately, or this could be a really long season. This is going to be a terrible season. And I think Mourinho's put the frighteners on the squad. Um, yeah, towards the end of last season, you know, things did look as though they were going to be picking up a bit. Mm. But um, I don't know. When when Mourinho arrived, I said um, Mourinho goes with Tottenham Hotspur like Liver goes with Creme de Mons. I mean, I've never thought of him as a Spurs-type manager. And I think it's all coming up. It's sort of, it's kind of, I think we've become a Groundhog Day club. You know, it's it's, but it's just all happening very quickly. Wolves now are where Spurs were. Mm. I think Pochettino's second season. You know, full of hope. Um, they're sort of moving up. They're, um, I, 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 it reminds me very much of the sort of days of decline in the mid seventies. The last days of Bill Nick, except all 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 sort of concentrated, distilled. Um, this is happening very quickly. You know, there was the sort of last hurrah of the um, Champions League semi-final against Ajax, and after that, you know, it's it's just been the pits, the absolute pits. I don't know what's wrong. Um, I'm really, really worried about what's happening to Delhi because you know he was one of our best players. He was such a lovely boy, and. Mourinho seems to be turning him into a scapegoat. Um, all the games are starting, you know, the sort of, I, I don't know, I, I just, I can't, after Everton, I just think, I just thought I wash my hands of this season. If you're as old as me, you've been through it so many times, you can just see how it's going to pan out. Um, I hope I'm proved wrong. I always say that. And, um, and, and, um, uh, but Julie, I the, the thing is, the carry, thing is, sorry, is that we all we all understand, Julie, Mourinho's style of football. Now, as you said, at the end of last season, it worked. You start going, this is what he's trying to do. But when the players don't do what he wants to do, you're then watching awful football and losing. There's no yeah, like that's right. Because and the, the players, thing. the players the are just not buying terrible. it. I mean, whatever you think, whatever you think about how Deli Ali was playing on Sunday, you know, fine. The fact that you first game of the season, you're taking off a creative player to bring on Sissoko <clears throat> was just a relief for me. I mean, I think Mourinho is there to blame as much as the players. The football is awful. He's had preseason now more, you know, to try and get them to play his way. The chairman has had time to go out and get the players he wants. We all know we need at least another striker and, you know uh, and I, I think it's going to be the last day of the transfer window and it's going to be here's Troy Deeney yeah. or Lorente, Lorente returns or, or something like well, that um, but, it, but the well, problem is Julie the footballists are awful uh, I can't argue with that at all it is awful I mean I th the trouble is that, that Mourinho has um, I don't know he He's so he's so old fashioned. He looks that the stuff that gets churned out is just old fashioned, and it's, it was all right when it was working towards the end of last season. But once it gets exposed, which is it's going to be cruelly uh, in the next few weeks, um, I don't. I just don't see the point of it. I mean, you know, uh, oh, I sort of have. I keep sort of thinking, not kind of enviously. Oh, I wish you'd sign. I, I wish Levy had signed Graham Potter. You know, at least he, with with some. Um, 
I wish you could see me because I'm just running my hands through my hair in in, in sort of despair and depression. I just can't see it getting any better as long as Mourinho is there. All this sort of stuff about, you know, Mourinho is a winner and he's going to win stuff with us. I I think it's absolute bollocks. That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. (laughs) Richard, that's what Julia said there. Mourinho is brought in because he wins things, okay? He's already now... I mean, you talk about... Spursy at the top there, I mean, in the chapter of your book, Julie. Richard, the very fact that he's, you know, uh, I think he's never lost the first game of the season. All these records he's had before are now going as his manager of Spurs. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the the most disappointing thing is the inactivity in ridding ourselves of at least eight players that are nowhere near good enough to be in that team. Mm. And that I put at the door of are, I've got to say, he's the most pragmatic chairman of any club, but not when it comes to football. He's brilliant. His vision for the stadium and everything else is fantastic. But for whatever reason, he's trying to do things in the transfer market and not making it overcomplicated. So you've got, in my opinion, and I won't bore you with this, I'll go very quickly through the people that are in our squad. Whiteman and Austin need to be loaned out immediately. We don't need five goalkeepers. Aurier needs to be sold. Foyth needs to be sold. Um, Sirkin needs to go out on loan if he's not going to play him, or Sessignon. He needs to get rid of Fernandez, cut that loan deal. He's absolutely hopeless. One of the worst players I've ever seen in a Spurs shirt. And has got to go as well. Never going to come good. If he was going to, it would have happened now. Not right for the Premiership. He's got to loan out Jack Clark and he's got to loan out Harvey White. So eight out of 28 could go, which needs leaving a, needing a left back, a centre half, a creative midfielder. Mm. Now we all know that the Chelsea was badly missed on Sunday, and we maybe wouldn't have we would have ticked better if we'd had him in there. But he's not replaced Ericsson, which is absolute madness, and that was the problem. You cannot play. The lad from Southampton who looked like Graham Roberts running through treacle to me at the weekend. He was miles off the pace, Holberg. And Winks had a shocking game as well. Those two cannot play together. And then, to, as you've said, add Cessna on in the mix. Just Everton must have been doing cartwheels when they saw that lineup in the second half. And people like Harry Kane are just so disconnected from it all. So, and I've got to tell you, Watch out on Thursday night. Well, don't. Well, we're we'll talking about, we'll talk about the might. We're talking about the mighty collective. Uh, I know we will. Later. Simon Richards made some big points there. Players to go. The, the problem we have is that we, Simon, we, we always go, oh, going forward, we're great. Son, Delhi, Mora, Kane. But there is this disconnect between getting the ball to those front players. Yeah. And us defending. And, and again, the, the goal, again, was such a poor goal. The free kick came from such a long way out. You could see the trajectory of the ball, and yet we, we couldn't get anywhere near the player. Yeah. Do you blame Lloris? So, yeah, but I, I, it's a... I, I, I've been talking about the end of last season. Um, yes, the results were okay, but if you think about those games against Leicester, against, um, against Arsenal... Uh, where 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 we, where we won, but we but we had so little possession. Where 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 frankly we were even Everton to a point. You know the 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 none of those games did you come away from it thinking, my God, that the, you can start to see a way now that yeah. we're going. And yeah. if if the, you know, and it is it is it is night and day compared to to what Pochettino at least was trying at least heyday was delivering, uh, which was this high press, high tempo, incredible fitness. Possession the football in which you're 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 dominating the opposition by actually having the ball all the time. This is the polar opposite of it. This is about sitting back in an organised shape, and frankly, lumping long balls up to the flanks and hoping that. Well, in the case of against Everton, it was just Son that Son would actually run beyond the last defender and actually take the ball through in some way and create chances. And 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 frankly, I, I thought Allen of Everton had compared to Hoybier. Because uh, they were both, I mean, and Everton were of course trying to sign Oibier, I think, weren't they? But but yeah. Alan was exa- exactly the played exactly the kind of, of, of holding role that I think we were all hoping and expecting. Oibier mm. 
And I agree, mm-hmm. Hoybier looks like a man who hasn't actually run around and played a football match for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and absolutely, there's no connection. So Hoybier and Winks, and Winks playing sideways, you know, looking like Butch Wilkins in his heyday, playing, <laughs> playing the ball slightly sideways and slightly behind. Um, and it, 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 there was no way that you could, in, 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 I mean, Delhi was, you know, trapped in that kind of position further upfield where uh, he couldn't really influence the game because he wasn't getting the ball. And yes, he was giving it away, but at least he was, at least he was running into spaces, spaces that nobody was exploiting because, you know, as, as, as has already been said, there's no replacement for Christian Eriksen to be able to pick that player running into spaces. And I, you know, and Harry Kane just looked like a man who's thinking, "Why the hell did I not get my bike yeah. chance?" Because yeah. this yeah. this ain't going to get much better. Um, Julie, Julie, I mean, you know, you mentioned there. Obviously, you've been going a long time to Spurs. You mentioned there the sort of dark days of the sort of early to mid seventies. We all, you know, Jose Mourinho, a massive manager, been hugely successful. One thing's wherever you've gone. Surely there's conversations. I mean, I mean, again, going back to the documentary, him and Levy seem to go on really, really well. Mourinho doesn't suffer fools gladly. Surely he said, and I know he brought Hart in, Holbier and um, uh, Doherty, who I thought started well and then tired on Sunday. But why, why haven't they gone out and bought them, you know, creative midfielders they need a back? backup strike. I, I don't, you know, I know we like to do last minute deals, but every season other clubs seem to do it and we don't. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said it's a Groundhog Day club. Um, this is so familiar. You know, we're coming to the end of another transfer window. Um, all the list of positions that need to be uh, upgraded. Uh, it's still there. Um, th- I, to be honest, um, I think that, um, Daniel Levy has taken a tremendous, and and the club has taken a tremendous financial hit because of COVID, um, mm. because all those plans to fill the stadium um, uh, mm. that we're going to sort of pay, you know, for for an upgraded squad, well, they haven't come to yeah. anything, and I think money no. is very tight, and um, yeah. you know, he is a businessman. Um, he. It's only the fans really who feel the frustration, and maybe I, I don't. Oh, it's so difficult. I, I feel um, a lot of not sympathy, but I, I kind of know that Daniel Levy would be, you know, very reluctant to spend more than than he he, he would wish to mm. because of that. Because you know, he, it's not like um, I, the, the 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 wallet is not um, bottomless and. It's it's just not going to happen. We're going to have to make do with what we've got. I think, yeah, you know, uh, come the last day of the transfer window, there might be a signing, and I have a terrible feeling it probably will be Troy Deeney. Um, you know, we're we're getting players from lower down the PL. We're getting players from relegated clubs. We're not getting the um, players that would be an upgrade. And and as was said, you know. When the the worst thing that happened was to not to have replaced uh, like with like when Ericsson went, um, and you could see people. I think a lot of people never really realised just how valuable Ericsson was to um, Spurs. So, you and know, Dembele the, and Dembele. And Dembele. Well. Dembele was never replaced. Yeah, Ericsson he was. He, was Dembele was the one who who really, really made it happen in in yeah. these sort of early to mid Pochettino years. He he was such a fantastic player, and he, I mean he was a one of a kind. You can't replace like for like, absolutely. But um, you know there were options. I was so disappointed when. Um, Tongi Dombelli came in because, you know, first match of last season, scored the winner against Sheffield United, if I remember. And I thought, oh, you know, this is really it. You know, he's the bee's knees. And then I don't know what happened to him. Well, you know, can can he break into a run? Can he run? You know, does is he, he's, he looks awkward. I mean, when you saw Adebayo run, uh, that that was that kind of shambling awkwardness. But, you know, he was absolute mustard in front of goal. Dembele d- doesn't have anything like that. 
sorry, not Dembele, Dombele. He's the sort of shambling Adebayo without the talent, as far as I can it's, see. It's really weird, Julie, you mentioned it, because obviously, obviously on, the, on the current All or Nothing documentary, I think it's the last episode, episode nine, they do focus on uh, Dombele and his, his problems. And Musta Sissoko comes across really well. Serge Oreo, they're all French. They're really trying to help him out. There's a, quite a bizarre meeting on the show where he... Him and Daniel Levy sit down with uh, someone who works, uh, sorry, a player liaison guy there who obviously is multilingual. And Daniel Levy goes off on one about when I was at school, um, I was told I wouldn't do very well. My parents were going to get rid of me and all that. And I was like, no, I'm going to knuckle down. And guess what? I got A-levels. I did really well. I went to university. And this French player sitting there looking down, looking around like, what's this got to do with me type thing? It was really quite yeah. weird, weird conversation. Um, you know, this is a man who's reportedly earning £200,000 a week for being on the bench. Um, clearly, Mourinho doesn't fancy him. Um, you know, a lot of players need game time to get going. But Richard, I mean, you know, Julie's there talked about also players we need to get in surely there's a scouting system at Tottenham whereby they're looking at players around the world you know what they eat what their families are like what are they like with their teammates yeah. this would be yeah. great for the Premier yeah. League you look at our big signings over the years and this is all off the top of my head I can think of Rebroff he was a massive signing when he came in Undombele when he came in Soldado was a big signing when he yeah, came in yeah he was yeah you know we we historically in the Premier League era have got it really wrong when it comes to these mm. big marquee signings so maybe a chairman looks at it and goes look you know I, I pulled up the money over the years and they haven't worked well, out but, you know, we've kind of, and let's like face the it, the players that have done well with Harry Kane, we've kind of got lucky when it's come to the players that have done really well. Yeah, I think it's the annoyance for Spurs fans at the moment is how close we seem to come. Yeah. We get, I, I often criticise Manchester United and say they should put a cockerel outside their ground because they copy everything we do. I don't know if you've noticed that. We get linked with players and then they end up at Old Trafford or they take our best players. And it's yeah. been a pattern that's emerged. As far as Daniel Levy goes now, he's in a situation where he's got a stick or a twist, and I'm sure he is every bit as aggravated as all three, four of us here are tonight. And I did see, and it could be rubbish on social media tonight, that there is something brewing at the club in as much as he didn't pay $18 million to get rid of the other fellow, Pochettino, then pay... Uh, Mourinho this money to have this sort of situation so something's got to give mm. and I think we will see some signings have we got two weeks to go am I right in saying that it's something like that I think it shuts on October the 6th so we well, have well, I got think, yeah, a yeah, couple well, of weeks you, yeah and I know what we're saying about Deedee but do you know what if you saw him at Watford he, he played like he was the manager he got hold of those players and he really rallied them and it just might be for one season, because that's the problem. He'll want three seasons on his contract, and we won't give him that. But if we can get him for one season, he's proven premier. And I've no problem with the right-back we've bought. And to be honest, I've no real problem with this lad from Southampton that we've bought. But we're missing a couple of other creative players. There's three problem areas in the club. Problem area one, too little creativity. Without the Celso, we've got nobody, nobody in the club that can create, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable, so you're right. You know, you're right. We, unbelievable. Historically, probably, we've never had any defensive midfielders, Tottenham, and we've had too many creative players. And we used to sit there you know, going, he's too like him, he's too like him. We've got so many of these midfielders who are well, pretty and could not put the ball around. We don't have them anymore. Right. We don't, well, certainly, we didn't, certainly we didn't, playing anyway. We didn't need Bergwin. I still don't get him. I don't get why we bought him and didn't sell Mora or... He, for me, he's just another sit on the bench. He might have a good game. He scored some brilliant goals. I'm sure yeah, he's a cracking yes. lad. But it, for me, it wasn't a priority signing, and neither was Fernandez. He's not done anything for us either. So that was bad news. Steve Hitchens coming for some terrible stick in this all or nothing. I mean, awful stick. Saying things like he, he hates January and he can't do anything. He's so negative. Well, I've got, got news for him. If he doesn't do something in the next two weeks, he's going to take us through the season with this lot if January is not going to exist. So big problem area number two is obviously the strikers. We've got Harry Kane. 
the Letroy Parrot go, when he went, we thought, well, they must be bringing somebody in. So Certainly. what's gone wrong there? Mm-hmm. And then the other big problem area, as we know, is this left-back situation, where Davis, I'm sorry, he's a fantastic professional, but he's nowhere near our level. He slows the game down, and he's probably better off as a centre-half than he is as a, as a, as a full-back. He's not good enough. He's not quick enough. Sessignon, I don't know what the hell we've done with him. £25 million. Was he even on the bench at the weekend? I can't even remember. I think he was on the bench. He was on the bench. Yeah. Was he? Well, yeah, look, you know, guys, we're, running, we're, we're, really, we're running over here. Let's do a very, very quick break. Then when we come back, we're going to look at the two huge games this week uh, as we go to Locomotive Plovdiv. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Thanks for all those messages. Just to remind you, you can still become a Spurs Show season ticket holder, which trust me at the moment is more entertaining than being a Tottenham Hotspur season ticket holder. We are at the moment able to do these wonderful monthly events. Our next monthly event is on September the 30th. It's going ahead with the legend Martin Chivers. Uh, You can be with us. All you've got to do is go to season.spurshow.net sign up. I think it's like a tenner a month for two tickets and then you can come to all our monthly events and also if you enjoy the Spurs show uh, we do a, a daily uh, news show basically stopping me we do all the work rather than you scouring all these websites and papers we do it all for you with a daily show that goes out every day around two o'clock in the afternoon match reports after every game interviews and documentary series on Tottenham it's literally like costs like 40 pence a week and really helps support our show, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, right, Julie, um, this Thursday we have the Europa League qualifying round, second qualifying round. It's a one-off knockout game. Uh, we go to Bulgaria against Lokomotive Plovdiv. I was going to talk now about, well, surely all the big players will stay at home. But after Sunday, you can kind of see him put a strong team out, can't you? Um, yeah, uh, are they going to, is, is Kane going to be, um, rested or are they going to stick it? Uh, the whole thing. Who's gonna uh, play? We don't have another striker. <laughs> well, mm, <laughs> there is that. Um, just, just, um, I did a Danny Rose. I Googled Pl- Plovdiv, the yep. city and the team and, um, locomotive Plovdiv are currently in fifth place in the league. They've got a hundred percent home record. Wow. Um, and, um, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, they, um, I, I, I just can see a terrible humiliation coming. You know, it might be something like nil-nil or something like that. Um, Extra time and penalties. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, oh, dear. Well, I, I, I did a bit of research with Plovdiv. They've won, for the first time in their history, the last two seasons, they've won the Bulgarian Cup, which has put them in the Europa League league the furthest they've gone in the Europa League is this stage the second qualifying round uh last season they went out to Strasbourg of France um British clubs they played Bolton quite a few years ago and lost they really don't have much pedigree um I mean surely uh Richard surely Tottenham Hotspur despite the, the problems we've seen from the first game of the season will be 
too much, too good for Lokomotiv and Plovdiv? <clears throat> I think he'll load the bench with people like Harry Kane. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I yeah. worry about this. This, is, this, this sounds pathetic, but I'll say it anyway. I worry about the state of the pitch these places mm. because it's yeah. such a great leveler, isn't it? And I think if we go a goal down and we play Joe Hart in goal, mm. well, if I see Joe Hart on the team sheet, that's when I'll start panicking, seriously. But, you know, I've got a really bad feeling about it. I just think it's, it's, it was the worst possible start of the weekend for so many reasons because with the fixtures we've got coming up, on paper, that was the one, if we weren't going to be up and fresh for that, then how the hell are we going to be at Southampton on midday on Sunday with Danny Ings running at them? You know, I mean, Alderweireld was absolutely beyond that at the weekend. What was he doing? Absolutely there was that, hopeless. There was that, that crossfield pass from Ben Davis oh, who, didn't, who didn't look up. And then um, no, um, it's Richarlison did out of L for pace. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so Simon. I don't, Simon. I don't know on Thursday. I can't call it. One, no. one nil win at the best. Oh, God. Simon, the last um, European qualifying round that I can remember was the infamous match in against Young Boys. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Where <laughs> we reached the Champions League for the first time in our history. We played Young yeah. Boys. We had Clive Allen on the show. Uh, listen to the Clive Allen shows we did because Clive Allen famously <laughs> had to go out there and do scouting for Harry Redknapp and came back and said, we've got no problem. We've got no problem against this lot. And if you remember, we were... 2-0 down, was it? I think we have 3-0 three three nil nil down, down, wasn't it? 3-0 yeah. yeah. down, then we, pulled, yeah. then we got yeah. two goals back. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, Plovdiv don't even have the pedigree of young boys, to be quite honest. Um, how, how do you see this game playing out, Simon? <laughs> so, I'm, I, 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 is this the call for my optimism to say, it's, yes, don't it's, worry, it's, we're going to blow them away? Yes. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just the idea of playing a team called Locomotive Plovdiv. It sounds like, I mean, it reminds me of that kind of, uh, that, that film Octopussy with Roger Moore, you know, where they were going to have all fighting on that train with circus performers and, and, and yeah. Russian baddies. And, and somehow they were all they were all heading to Plovdiv, I think. But, but... Uh, it, you know that's that's kind of kind of how it, how it feels. I'm 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 nervous as I suspect everybody else is for the very good reason of what we've seen at Everton and everything seems to be coming coming back to that, doesn't it? But um, surely, yes. I, I you know one would have thought it should be a breeze in the park, but I don't think. Well, look, out, we we'll be far too defensively solid. Oh, well, our shape will be far too good. Of course, we'll let them attack us relentlessly throughout the ninety minutes. But the, that wall of defenders, you know, with uh, with with Ben Davis playing in that kind of left back, kind of centre half role. I, it depends who he plays, of course. Uh, yeah, I, 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 who knows? I, 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 we should win comfortably, but I doubt that we will. It's probably yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right. We'll have a scary start for those of you who want to. At least against young boys. On, uh, so, sorry, at least against young boys. We had. We had uh, Harry Redknapp's kind of, you know, uh, 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 gung ho. You know, we will we'll go if they score three, we'll score four, and at least yeah. there was something to actually get you excited and enthusiastic about. By the time it came, certainly by the time it came back to White Hart Lane, and we blew them away in the in the. Well, yeah, it was two legged, wasn't it? I mean, this isn't yeah. two legged. We've got no, yeah. you know, one we've leg, one opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's the right. And that's then the problem. No, you're right. Now, those of you who want to watch it. Uh, the game is available live on Premier Sports, which, uh, for those of you, the Sky platform is that channel you flick through and you don't subscribe to. And you yeah. go, what is on this? And then they got La Liga. But according to Tottenham, uh, you can subscribe uh, for nine ninety nine, which gives you two months of this channel. Uh, using the promo code SPURS. I went on the Premier Sports website, had no idea how to do it. Uh, so I'm sure many of you will be getting dodgy feeds from Bulgarian that, yeah. TV uh, Mike, to watch it, I'd imagine. Does that mean if we lose, I can follow Plovdiv then all the way through the Europa yeah. League? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, the next qualifying round. Uh, then, Julie, uh, then on Sunday, we, we, we hot-foot it back. Uh, we play Southampton, and then for those of you who don't remember, Southampton was the game last season where Harry Kane did his hamstring. I think we lost 1-0 to a Danny Ings goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A player that I loved Tottenham. In the old days, Tottenham just would have gone out, wouldn't they, and they bought would. Danny Ings. Yeah. But we yeah. don't have that kind of money, Julian. We don't throw that kind of money around anymore, do we? We're throwing it on a massive new stadium, but not on the pitch at the moment. 
Actually, I've got this sort of strange feeling that Southampton might be all right. Um, you know, it won't be too shaming. Again, you know, my, I, a, what we used to call in, in a technical term a score draw, something like that. Um, I just, I, I think in terms of Plovdiv, I just sort of think back to Colchester. But yeah. um, Southampton, I just think maybe it's going to be okay. I mean, you know, um, a point, a point, you know, just anything. Um that, uh, yeah, it depends also whether Lo, it depends also whether Lo Celso will be back. Um, yeah. Has he got some mysterious injury which uh, is going to keep him out for weeks and weeks? Um, the, the, what's the information on Lo Celso? Well, they say he's um, back on Sunday. Yeah, I hope. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he won't certainly won't go out to Bulgaria. Then they've got to get him ready for uh, Sunday. Just a quick one. I know it's paper talk and, and nonsense, but it was in the Express today and also ESPN, uh, the talk that Real Madrid will now sell Gareth Bell. And there's reports that Tottenham are trying to get a, a deal, which obviously Bell is currently on uh, reportedly £600,000 a week uh, uh, before tax, he's got two years left of a contract. Even when you're a very wealthy man, you probably won't want to leave that kind of contract if you don't have to. Unless, Simon, could you see Tottenham maybe trying to structure a deal whereby Gareth gets a big sort of signing on fee? Uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're a powerful man in publishing. Will you try and do a, a deal to get someone like Bell back just to get the fans on well, side I, again? I, I certainly would, but 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 the I got I got I've got some very good sort of intelligence for you. There's 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 uh, there's there's a, a reasons to be optimistic, and that is my son's mate went by <laughs> a shirt with, with Bale yeah. on the back, and Spurs said no, you can't buy a shirt with the name Bale on it. Um, and I know why. Because Bale owns his name. And it's That's not right. to do, uh, and it's not the tra- and the trademarking issue is not an issue in the UK. So he doesn't oh, okay. he doesn't have a trademark in the UK because. My son bothered to check it out. Oh, did he really? That's that's the kind of fan I love. The kind of that's fan like. dedication. <laughs> we'll go into UK trademarking law websites to find out has Gareth Bell registered Bell in the UK. Wonderful. This is how desperate it's become that we start to look at shirt sales without. But we, we, you can't buy a shirt with Gareth Bell's name on, um, and he, and the trademark is not an issue, which must therefore mean that Spurs expect to sell a lot of shirts with Bale on. So Bale's on his way. I, obviously, I think Bale coming back to Spurs would make it would, would assuming he's fit of course and can actually run around and doesn't end up looking like the rest of them about the pitch would actually um would actually generate some excitement and some enthusiasm and it feels like he would be bringing a top class player in and the guy knows how to win and maybe we should bring bloody modric back mm. as well uh, because he, he arguably modric might make more of a difference than yes, that i agree uh, i agree richard i mean the service yeah richard i mean would you i know i mean people might be tutting away like it's never going to happen but as a Spurs fan, no. one has to dream. No. The service mm. that Harry Kane gets is pretty wretched last season. Um, you know, unless, you know, if Aurier gets a good cross in or Doherty yeah. probably now, uh, or if Lacelso plays and slips the ball through, that's about it. But I mean, it's so frustrating when you watch the amount of runs that Kane puts in only to stop yeah. because, you know, Lamella hasn't looked up or whatever and passed him. Would you yeah. like to see a bail in there who, you know, might be able to unlock a few defences? Yeah, I'd like to see something like Gareth Bale in for more reasons than that, though. If we listen to the Everton players after their game, they all said that this lad, James Dominguez, Rodriguez, whatever his name is, yeah, yeah. lifted the signing of him. And I'll take a bet we were offered him, by the way, and refused him. Seriously. Mm. Um lifted the whole squad and that's what it needs because this is actually a a lad day moment the normal thing that would happen now is you would get rid of the manager because you can't have the whole club against him and players not playing for him the only other way out as a compromise is to leave the manager in place or add to the squad somebody that is going to lift the squad on the pitch that is creative and Bale fits that bill Absolutely. We saw what happened, and we haven't mentioned this lady striker that we signed last weekend. Yes, Morgan, Billboard all right. over the country. Alex Morgan, and we, yeah. 
Yeah, they're saying they're saying that's an Amazon deal, and they're saying mm. it that Amazon told them to do it because there's this link with Amazon, and I mm. think we all really, well, I do hope that somebody like Amazon would buy Joe Lewis out and really make us the dynamic club in the world, which they could do, you know. They oh, could do it. Right. Not a problem. Yeah. And you yeah. wonder if this documentary is the first. Daniel Levy is so cute. Seriously. He's way ahead of the rest of them as far as strategy and planning goes. That's what I love but about ben, the Spurs show. We always end on yeah. a positive, despite the yeah. dirty rocks on Sunday. <laughs> We're now dreaming of the Amazon box Coming through the, the, the uh, your letterbox <laughs> with a big picture of Harry Kane on it because Amazon bought top. That, and inside oh, is a bubble wrap Gareth Bale. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's It'd be a great boot. signing. Very quickly, guys. Signing. Very quickly, predictions. Julie, predictions for Plovdiv and Southampton, please. Um, okay, Plovdiv, Plovdiv win on penalties. Oh, <laughs> and um, it's. Um, Southampton one, Tottenham Hotspur two. Okay, Richard, your predictions? I would say that we'll win on penalties against Plovdiv on Thursday. And I think at Southampton, it will be nil-nil. Oh, nil-nil. Simon, your predictions? I'm going to say we're going to beat Plovdiv 3-1, although Plovdiv will score first. And uh, I'm going to say 1-1 at Southampton. Oh, okay. Well, very good. I think we too will win in Plovdiv. I think we'll win 2-1. And I think we'll win 2-1 also um, at St. Mary's on on Sunday. Well, look, thank you so much, Julie, Richard and Simon. You've you've all actually cheered me up slightly, uh, which is (laughs) saying because I was very, very down. We'll be back next Monday because I think we've got a game next Tuesday. Theo Delaney will be here on Monday with guests Jake Richard, Simon Dent and Sean Singleton. Thank you so much for joining us. Until the next time, come on, you Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.